This is the Weekly Forecast Update, a podcast to help you navigate the corporate world and make you your best professional self. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Weekly Forecast Update. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you have been liking what you're hearing, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, and Instagram. Enjoy. Super excited for our guest today. She's a passionate female leader in sales, currently an RVP for the major segment at DocuSign. Um, she has a ton of sales management experience and has been leading high growth teams. Please welcome Madalena Paul. <laughs> Thanks for the intro, Steph. <laughs> um, so for our listeners out there, just so you know, um, both Alex and I had the pleasure of working under Maddie. And when we were thinking of just female leaders, Maddie came to mind. And we are so excited for this episode because um, our basically our main podcast theme was, you know, t- trying to talk about female leaders and females in sales, right? In tech sales, where it is male dominated. Um, before we kind of go into more of the real questions that we have, we wanted to, I guess, let the viewer, um, listeners know more about yourself, Maddie. I appreciate that intro, Steph. And had we done this a couple months earlier, it really would have been a forecast call, right? <laughs> Just all of us like jamming and doing the session. Um, First and foremost, I'm super proud of what you two are doing. I really miss having a front row seat to your both of your success. Uh, it was really inspiring to watch. So it's really exciting to be part of today's episode. As Steph mentioned, I'm currently the sales leader at DocuSign and I've spent the last almost decade of my career in sales leadership. It's a little wild to say that out loud. I cut my teeth selling early on, but the bulk of my career has really been spent in leadership. And I think both of you have heard my origin story, but I always joke that I really didn't have any business getting into sales. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, here I am 10 years later, just figuring it out and really evolving my leadership strategy and just really trying to break open some doors, crack open some windows and pave the way for future female leaders um, and try to be that role model. That's amazing. Did you always know, I kind of, we know the background story and how you were basically a pastry chef and all this, uh, the crazy transition, but did you always know you were going to get into leadership and management? Is that something you were always passionate about? Because you did get into it very early on in, in your career. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I actually went to school for health studies. I had this different career trajectory. Uh, Similar to a lot of people that get into sales, you sort of get derailed and you hop onto it. And after a few years of selling and holding a bag, I think, and and here's sort of the distinction. I don't know if I'm necessarily attracted to management, but I was certainly drawn to leadership. And I think there's a subtle but important difference here. So management to me is sort of that, like the control and overlooking processes and systems to drive a team to results. When I think about leadership, and this is what drew me to it is the focus on the people and the individual and rooted more into like a mission and vision to guide change. So I think that's, that's a little bit more what inspired me to, to shift gears and, and really build my career around that. I think that brings to a good point. I, I once someone told me that 
not all managers are leaders. You mm. can manage as a manager, but you don't need to lead. Um, and that's always stuck to me, right? Um, and I think people that get into more of a management role, you want, you want to have that, you know, leading a team, motivating your team, those bigger concepts than just managing, which is more of the day-to-day, like you mentioned. Yeah, and I think just sort of to answer that question a little bit and, and tackle it head on, I think there's like really two things that influenced my decision to step into a leadership role, even early in my career. First and foremost, I think I come by it honestly. So I think I was raised to care for people. And I often took on that captain role in many different situations growing up. Sports comes to mind. Secondly, being influenced by a few exceptional leaders and really looking at the impact that they made on not only the organization, but on the individuals in their organization. And so I really wanted to be like them to make an impact. And so those change makers is sort of what I coined them to be is, is what I is what I aspire to be. That's awesome. I love that. And that's actually interesting. I was curious when I was thinking about your journey, because you were actually my first female manager, believe it or not. And I've been in sales and tech sales now, what, like seven years, not tech sales, but sales seven years. And you were my first female leader. Were there any female leaders that were inspiring? Like, could you see that? Whereas like, I, I think some people it's less visible. So I was wondering if there were a lot of female leaders that you were surrounded by. I think, so the answer is yes. Um, can I name drop? Like, is that appropriate? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first name that comes to mind is Leyland Brown. And so this is my time when I was at Hewlett Packard, I was an individual contributor at the time and she was overseeing sales for, for our division. And I remember just seeing her on stage and just sort of from a distance because I didn't report into her or anything like that. And I was just like, holy cow, she's so, she's such a badass. Like, first of all, how she conducts herself, the professionalism around her thought process and how she really cares and interacts with people that report into her and her organization. And so that is someone that to this day, many, many years later, um, I still remember because she had an impact on me um, as an individual contributor and now as a leader. And so that sort of started my journey into really understanding what it meant to be a female in this business. Mm-hmm. It is nuanced, I think. I don't know if our experience is the same as our male counterparts. And so, yeah, go ahead. I think too, um, there's a study that says that if you don't see someone similar to you in your position, you don't think it's possible. Um, I just read that quote this morning, or I read something about like, it's really hard to be what you can't see, something like that. And I I think now maybe that's why you got into management early, Maddie, too, because you saw that it was possible, where similar to Alex, I haven't had many female managers in sales you would be probably the second one but the first one that I had for a longer period of time um you know what's you know what's also interesting for me too is I just I don't know if I really understood the systems and limitations in play when I stepped into a leadership role I think I was young enough (laughs) um to be fearless 
and dismiss any limitations at the time. So, and, and both things are true at the same time, right? Seeing and aspiring to be this, this strong female leader that I looked up to, but also not realizing all of maybe the systems that are in play that, you know, change our experience as females in the business. And so being fearless and limitless really helped propel and break through some of those early barriers, maybe. I just ignored them. That's awesome. I think it's also too, you didn't have the unconscious bias that everyone has. Right. I think the biggest like thing we think about as females is, am I the token female leader, right? In my male dominated space and am I do I have to compete with another female to get that spot where probably earlier in your career you wouldn't have thought of that yeah I mean at this point I'm always just trying to run my race by myself like if that makes sense I think I'm inspired by people more and maybe earlier on in my career maybe where I was just sort of trying to find my rhythm I was intimidated and maybe I was competing against everybody, including other females. And now I sort of had this realization that I want to be inspired by others. I don't want to compete with others. And that's been liberating to some degree because now I can learn and I can develop and I can help myself. And by doing so, I think I can also be a better leader and better example. That makes sense. I think in sales, it's so easy to be competitive and get trapped in that hole, even as a leader. But I think, I think it's fine to be competitive, but as long as you're competing with yourself, right? Like, what are you learning year over year? Am I getting better? But I think when you get trapped in the competition, right? Or even if you're kind of like Steph said, you think you're the token female hire for a team and you're competing against other females, that's when it just becomes like, I guess not dangerous, but it's not productive. It's definitely not productive. And we should feel like all of us have a spot and we can be successful and move the business forward together is how I'm looking at it now. I might not have always thought that. I, I think earlier on, and I'm talking about years and years ago, I felt the need to create, to be loud and really create my own presence. Um, and maybe that's the way I felt like I thought I had to be, to be noticed and to stand out. And these days I'm looking at it as we should all be along for the ride because we will make a statement in a group and there's no reason to be against one another. We can all be there together. We can all cross the finish line at the same time. I love that. Especially in tech companies these days, there's room for everyone. Like these there's room for everybody. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not a limited response. So I agree with that. That's awesome. Have you ever felt though, like you couldn't, and this question stems from, Steph will know this time where when we were working together one time, I, so being in an industry where there's more males on teams, there was one time where I said, I didn't care if the Leafs won or not. And I got torn to shreds, but I was truly just being myself. I get it. If you love the Leafs, great. I just don't watch hockey. And this question stems from that moment where have you ever felt like you weren't able to be yourself as a female 
being surrounded by maybe mostly males in certain situations? I think that's such an interesting question. And I almost want to apologize for that experience, right? It was funny, but it was just like, I'm like, I doesn't care if I, why do you care if I care? (laughs) I know, but I'm also like sort of reading into that situation because how I'm looking at it is a little bit of exclusion, right? And that's never the goal as a leader is you just want everybody to have a sense of belonging. And to your point, sometimes different environments create exclusion. I'm borrowing this analogy a little bit from Dolly Chug. Um, I've read a lot of her stuff and listened to a lot of her, her thoughts. And she phrases it a little bit like it's defensive driving. So think about defensive driving teaches us to anticipate and react to poor driving of others. Similarly, I always look at my career like defensive careering. So in those situations, I, I've sort of become hardened to anticipate some of this exclusion, at least from my perspective, in the arenas that I participate in. Um, I don't know, that's maybe it's just something that I've, I've done over the years. And I'm, I'm trying not to have other people have to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. And yeah. sorry, go ahead, Steph. No, you go. Okay. Um, so I guess my other question for now I forgot. Um, but we can move on to maybe, uh, we were wondering also, uh, do you find that, oh, okay, now I remember, sorry. So in terms of that exclusion, and sometimes there are situations where you might be excluded, have you ever felt like a female in leadership in a, like, I guess, male dominant industry or previously, now it's getting, it's more 50-50 at a lot of, a lot of tech companies, but have you ever felt like you didn't have a seat at the table? And if so, like, how did you get that seat at the table? Because we saw you in action, you 100% had a seat and a voice at the table and a very strong one. So I was wondering if you had any advice or any times where you felt like you didn't have that, how did you overcome it? Yeah, that's a really, really great point that you make. And I think sometimes being the only female in a male dominated environment And it starts to become a little bit more obvious, maybe at different levels. I think we do have females drop off, which I absolutely hate in, you know, different leadership positions. And we're not just talking about sales. Like we see this in leadership across all industries. We see it in politics. Like we have a lack of presence of of women leaders. And so something that I embraced is that my presence is important. And not just my presence, like not just Maddie's presence, the presence of underrepresented groups, whether that be your gender, your race, your sexual identity, or, or really anything else. To me, it's a couple of things. I think, well, not that I think, diversity drives better performance, engagement, and productivity. We have multiple studies to validate that statement, right? So really just reminding myself that I need to be at this table for a number of reasons. My perspective is valuable and my ideas are worthy, right? And just constantly thinking that through. And I have to be the example. Like 
I know it's really, really, it, it actually is tough, but I have to remind myself to be brave and have the courage to show up time and time again, even when my ideas are shot down or maybe my voice is minimized because, you know, my counterparts is louder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just having that courage to, to, to show up and minimize my own limiting beliefs despite any biases that might be in the room. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that, um, so there's a woman in the workplace lean in study and one of the themes from that study and they interview over around 500 companies is that there are more women, um, in leadership now, but they aren't getting as recognized as their male counterparts, even though they are putting more effort into supporting their team and more effort into the, um, diversity and inclusion. And a big piece of that is, you know, they, um, what the conversation is about is how do you get recognized and how do you continually recognize your own accomplishments to, you know, your manager or your, you know, senior management. Um, And one thing that you've always been good at was recognition, recognizing not only your direct reports, but also being able to articulate your accomplishments. And did that come naturally to you or did you have to develop that? Well, thanks for that. I feel like at best I get a B plus in recognition. <laughs> I feel like that's something I need to be better at as a leader is to to call out accomplishments of individuals because it's really important, right? Um, I recognize them as a leader and I just need to be more vocal about what I do recognize um, in others specifically. But to kind of go back to a little bit of what you were saying, I think what's really important is, and and something that's helped me is to really identify who the allies, allies, sorry, might be in a room and really help cultivate a relationship with a champion. Because it's easy to sort of generalize and say maybe, you know, women are not always given a, a voice or we're underrepresented or minimized. But on the flip side of that, there's also a lot of supporters and a lot of allies that show up. And whether that's, you know, in a big space with a big voice or, you know, hey, like maybe just coffee chat as a support system or a mentor that offers up some advice. So I think it's also important to recognize that piece. And that's what I lean on more to continue showing up in an effective way. So, So that's how I sort of go about it. And in terms of this kind of goes hand in hand, in terms of career progression, I also thought you were very good at that. And I feel like you were very good at knowing who like we should network with, who you should network with, with your career progression. Someone who is maybe starting off their career and maybe wants to get into leadership. Is there any advice that you would give them in terms of networking or putting themselves out there and shouting themselves out? Because you do have to like, I guess, toot your own horn, right? Um, so yeah, I need any advice on that. Advice into getting to the leadership? Don't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like don't cut out the sound bit to just say, don't get into leadership. No, I'm teasing. Um, I think that advice that I would give is to really understand your strengths. So really do an introspective and really have this moment of realization of what are my strengths? What are the artifacts I want to collect to the roles or to the development I really want to get to? So have this moment of humility um, 
the second piece of that is like, well, how will I connect that? And how will I get there? And how will I develop to get that? And then third is really patience. And so I've been fortunate enough to be in situations where like, you know, there is this aspect of performance and this ambition for excellence that has helped me along. But it's also, I think what's gotten me really far is self-awareness and being able to communicate that to my hiring manager, my future bosses to say, this is what you're going to get. And these are the things that I'm working on that are not quite there yet. And that's served me really well in my career and ultimately champions that have believed in sort of previous results, but also rolling the dice on what I can offer and gaps I can fill for their org. Um, work on yourself and be super patient with the process and <laughs> it sounds maybe out of touch given my career trajectory but make no mistakes there have been a lot of moments of disappointment or roles that I didn't get or opportunities that I totally missed the mark on and that's where that that comment is coming from that patience piece I guess another question that just came up was do you think it's ever too early to get into management I know you know some people, especially for myself, I'm an individual contributor and, you know, I'm like, when should I get into management? I know there's no right answer, but I like to ask you, like, yeah, is it too early ever? I mean, it'd be pretty ironic if I said, like, wait, because I got into management really early myself. Like, who would I be if I, if I put that limitation? To me, I think an indica indication of when it's right to be a leader is when you are completely dismissive of any individual goals, so to speak. It is completely extrinsic to yourself and you really actually enjoy contributing to the success of others. And whether you're 21, you could be a leader at any age, right? 21 or, you know, hey, you're later on in, um, into your years. I think that aha moment can happen at any time. So that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's transient at that timeline. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I think it's when you decide that I want to better and motivate others. And now, here's what I will add to that. <laughs> there is uh, and I could say this after a number of years of management, experience does help. <laughs> so it's one thing to say, hey, I want to raise my hand to be a leader. It's another thing to say, hey, I've done this for a while. I've learned, I've developed, I've, you know, grown. And, and those are two different things. So I think at any level, at any age, you could be a leader. I think experience definitely helps with development of your thoughts, ideas, and how you go about things. And maybe that's the, the difference maker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I think also with your story, at you seemed at a very young age to be, I guess, mature and really understand what leadership is about and what a privilege and responsibility it is, where I think sometimes when people are getting into leadership, maybe at a younger age, it's for the wrong reasons, like maybe rank, um, as an example, as opposed to like understanding 
like what you're really taking on. I think at your, at that point, when you went into leadership, you were very, I guess, selfless. You understood it wasn't about you anymore. You were passionate about leadership. Whereas sometimes I think people might get into it, I guess, too early or too young or not enough experience. And they're just going for it because of the title or the rank as an example. Yeah, I think it's a tough one, right? Because I think early on, there was a little bit of that for me too, right? It was the prestige. (laughs) Um, I think I did think of the title as like an honor. Um, And as I started to look, stepping into a leadership role from an individual contributor is uh, is very eye-opening. And I think, and look, we could talk about management, not to diminish that at all. But when I think about the leaders that have made an impact on my career, they have truly been inspirational and have really altered my approach, my thought process. They've really changed me. And that is a big responsibility. And it's taken me almost 10 years to evolve to how I am a leader today. And make no mistake, I have a lot of learning to do too. For a number of things, the expectations of the teams and the work environment is changing. So you do have to adapt. <laughs> like you'd be a fool as a leader to think like, this is, this is the perfect formula. It's the, maybe it's the for- perfect formula today, but this evolution I think is constant. Um, so that's the path I'm on today. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's a, that's a pretty difficult question to kind of tackle. Yeah, well, you answered it well, (laughs) but I think you have then developed to be a leader that is like very selfless. I think you understand the responsibility, like you said. So for you, it's been a great career trajectory and we were able to, to witness that and experience it. I'm only as good as the players on my team. We try. But also too, I think like as a female in any situation, I knew I know like imposter syndrome, everyone feels that, right? Like it's not gonna go away, but it's like you mentioned, it's being self-aware. It's knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and then just bringing your authentic self to the table. Because you know, you can't change yourself and, and mold yourself into something or an ideal or or what have you. You are you and you can just learn to improve every day. That's it, right? And I feel like I want to show up the way I expect others to show up too, right? Like having this vulnerability to say, I'm not perfect. I'm also trying to figure out what needs to be changed and how I can learn. Um, Everybody has their experiences, like how you're built. And maybe we need to build on those and make them, you know, a little bit more or change them up, right? Um, And that's where like our biases kind of come into play. And to your point, imposter syndrome, (laughs) Uh, it's very real like it's such a real part and limiting beliefs like that's a really big part of my experience too and just trying to minimize those and and navigate through what that might look like Mm -hmm. how were you able to minimize some of those moments I know we all have it I guess (laughs) calling it imposter syndrome but I feel like women do have that more often or sometimes the limiting beliefs maybe because we are a female um, we just tend to have that more often. Like, how were you able to overcome some of those moments where you maybe weren't as confident in yourself as you should have been? I want to be clear. I'm not fearless. 
Like I'm not fearless at all. And I, to this day, have a, a tremendous amount of, you know, self-doubt. Um, but I, I realized that in order to, to show up and be the example, it takes courage. And it takes courage to have a voice in the room, to be the example, to do the right thing. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I just want to be able to say, hey, do I feel like I've done things with integrity? Um, with, you know, have I made an impact? Do I want to follow my own self? Like if I was on the other side of the coin, is this a leader that I would follow? And so if I can sort of answer yes to a lot of those at the end of the day, I feel good about my contribution. Also realizing that <laughs> we're not going to get it right every time, but can we have this moment of self-reflection and do better next time? And we talked a little bit about just competing with yourself. So having this moment of reflection, <laughs> what I did 10 years ago as a leader is probably super cringy. And I just want to grow every single day a little bit more, keep up with you know, and stay in touch with what everybody wants and expects of not only leaders, but the workplace and be able to give back as best as I can. Ooh, I like that. I like the courage and also giving yourself space to fail and to learn from that and to grow from it. Like understanding you're not going to be perfect. You are going to grow 10 years from now. You're going <laughs> to laugh at all the things that you did, um, but you're going to be that much better for it, for taking that that step having the courage to do it well you both know like I always you're like hey I have a question I'm like I just might not know the answer <laughs> but like let's try to figure it out and I think you know when you talk about innovative industries or doing things for the trailblazing let's call it there's going to be a lot of things you don't know and I think it's like pretty bad to pretend you might know the answer um and you might as well just come clean and say, hey, we're going to figure it out together. And like that approach, I think, bleeds into a lot of the themes that we're talking about today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have some rapid fire questions that oh. we'd like to ask Wait. you. Wait, before um, we get to rapid oh. fire, can I ask one more question? Okay. Before we end with the rapid fire. One thing, I, I guess this is rapid fire as well. Part of the, but it won't, probably won't be as fast as the rapid fire. But one of the questions I wanted to ask, do you have, because we know how we, for the QBRs, we always used to do stop and start. Maybe we can do a stop and start, like advice, like stop and start for, should we do like females wanting to go into leadership or leaders? What do we want to do? What stop and start should we do? I mean, stop limiting beliefs, start, just, just start. I think it's kind of like, what it can, like just do it and that's kind of what it comes down to like align yourself with good people people who believe in you you believe in yourself start doing that I like on the it. topic of start how do you actually <laughs> start your day every day <laughs> oh my gosh I know you're probably expecting like this like someone who wakes up really early gets you know has does 70 things before 8 a.m worst morning person <laughs> hands down uh Chris has to like lure me out of bed with coffee um, but if you need someone humming in the middle of the day, late into the evening, I'm your girl. <laughs> That's awesome. It's knowing your authentic self too, right? That you're not a morning person, right? And you're not going to be. And that I tried. I've used all the systems and the tools. Like I'm just going to embrace that I'm pretty powerful midday to late evening. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Keep on, keep it on. Like, yes. Don't listen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going. Like, I, I was fearless. Don't stop being fearless, maybe. I love that. So I guess our last question, Maddie, is what's something new and exciting happening right now? This is a good plug. I'm going to do it stuff. Um, this year, one of my goals was to give back a little bit to the community more than I have been. And so I started goodthroughgoods.com. So check it out. It's really essentially me blending my love for doing arts and crafts and donating all the profits um, to local charities. So check it out. <laughs> Shameless plug. Happy to give a coupon code to all your listeners. Um, definitely going to hook you guys up with something there. Oh, that's so exciting. We didn't even know you were doing this. That's awesome. I love it. We're I definitely know, a little low key. Yeah, we're definitely included in the episode link as well in the description. So, um, and post that into our socials as well. And yeah, if you want some Maddie originals, um, ultimately the arts and crafts don't matter. It's just about <laughs> trying to give back all profits. So all profits go to uh, a local charity. Well, we wanted to thank you, Maddie, for joining us today. And thank you so much for our um, listeners and audience for joining us. I hope you got a lot from this episode and see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the weekly forecast update. Like, follow, subscribe, share. We can be found on TikTok and Spotify at the weekly forecast update.